Hey, do you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. I'm Adam. I'm Carrie. And Winter's here. She is. She's a good puppy. She is a good puppy. She was laying on your wolf blanket. On the wolf blanket that kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies now. Mm -hmm. Now that we're doing this episode today. I feel like all wolf blankets... Have given me the heebie-jeebies. What did you see about that blanket that was like, I need to spend money on it? I wanted to buy my dog uh, a blanket that represents her. So it'd almost be like looking in a mirror. Right. Okay. So I got her a blanket with a big-ass wolf face on it. Yeah. And now a blanket with a big-ass wolf face face on it features prominently in the documentary that we're talking about today. It does. So... (laughs) I go back and forth between my investigation discovery and oxygen and all my true crime stuff and the real housewives and Netflix. So I was telling you earlier when I first came across this don't fuck with cats, I was like, Oh, that doesn't seem like anything I'd be interested in. I thought it was going to be a rom-com and you know, they've got this kind of upbeat lady and she's, you know, talking about how she just went through this breakup and she's looking for something to distract her and i don't know what made me watch the trailer but i'm so glad i did it was completely not what i was expecting yeah and that that's you know i find some of my favorite bands that way Mm -hmm. like you just watch a video that you normally wouldn't and it's like oh yeah i fucking love them and so i'm not surprised this worked out the same way because sometimes it's just that surprise shit that it's like, the most entertaining. And this is a very entertaining documentary. It was very bingeable. Right. If you have three hours to spare. By the way, this episode uh, we are dedicating to Roxana Gregora. I think that's her name. Uh, she is a fan 
of ours, and she lives in Washington and sent us some delicious Panther Creek oh, wow. Chardonnay yeah. Pinot Noir, which we are drinking right now. We sure are. <laughs> they are having a listening party wow. at the winery. Very nice. Shout out. Thank you for the Panther Creek wine and the name Panther Creek. Yeah. That's a pretty great name. Right. Uh, if I had gone to college, I would hope it was Panther Creek University or something similar. Panther Creek Junior College? Yeah. PCJC? Yeah. <laughs> PCJC. <laughs> Good. So, yeah, we're talking about the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats, which mm-hmm. is on Netflix now. It's a true crime documentary. I definitely felt like I needed to explain it to you when I sent it. Because sometimes I'll cross through stuff. Some are good ideas. Some aren't. But if I just sent it to you and you didn't watch the preview, you probably would have thought the same thing I did, which is, what the fuck is Carrie sending me? Yeah, what is this? Right. But once I watched the trailer, I kind of remember this case. And it's it's a damn interesting story. Mm-hmm. It covers a murder. And not just a murder, but a, a guy who uploaded a video of him killing a cat. Well, it's, it starts with, which is a gateway for a lot of serial killers, animal abuse. Right. But he would record it, but then he kind of covered his face. Like, he had a hoodie on so we could see his profile, I guess, to a certain sense. But um, it starts out with this lady, body Bo- moving. Body moving. <laughs> which was... Which is- uh, just her screen name, which it's... Uh, Cypress Hill Song, right? No, Beastie Boys. Okay. Uh, and they ask her to sing it, mm-hmm. and she refuses. She was smart. She was like, you know what? Go buy the rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sample it, you fucking idiots. And they did. They did, yeah. So she said that she was going through a breakup, and she needed something to distract herself, so she was on the internet, and got a link and it was like oh like i like kittens who doesn't like kittens yeah the the link was one the video was titled one boy two kittens so you're like okay this could go a lot of different places but you don't think for as dark as the internet is something that accessible would be so easy to click on right and this was 2010 so not the early days of the internet by any means but like Facebook, Twitter, stuff like that was still kind of in the early stages of things. Right. And it was a little more of a lawless hellhole than it is now. Kind of like how I used to, at one point in the early 2000s, make a decent side hustle selling CDRs of songs I downloaded from Napster. And eventually eBay was like, no, no. We're on to y'all. Yeah. You can't sell CDRs on our website anymore. And like a whole industry got shut down overnight. Do you feel okay being part of that? And how do you feel about Justin Timberlake being cast in that role in a future movie about Napster? <laughs> I'm fine with both. <laughs> I, I If I see a loophole, I'm going to jump through it. Okay. And the Napster CDR loophole was a very lucrative one in the early days of eBay. Because you could download anything on Napster. And a lot of times they were songs that uh, you couldn't get on a band's regular albums. Mm -hmm. You could only get them from like imported CD singles. So I would put like 20 of those songs on one CD and like print up some bullshit artwork and sell them as CDs on eBay. And people were very happy to get those CDs because they were songs like back then. Not everyone had a CD burner. So people were happy to be able to get those songs. How much do you think you made? Oh, I was at one point making probably a thousand a month. 
That's pretty good. Because I would sell the CDs for like 20 and $25 each. Yeah. Very entrepreneurial of you. I always have been. <laughs> Simpler times. So we should mention her real name, Body Moving. Her real name's Deanna Thompson. Mm-hmm. And interesting thing about her, she looks like a cat. She does look like a cat. And I think it's her eyes and her whiskers. Her Yes. And the fact that she keeps licking the back of her hand and then <laughs> rubbing her face. Of course. Yes. Is also very You got to clean yourself. You yeah. do. You got to stay right. fresh. And then when she walks over and takes a dump in the litter box. <laughs> yeah. They, they should have edited that out. They, that, that was unnecessary. It was rude of them to keep that in. But at least she covered it up like a good kitty. <laughs> right. Very good kitty. Right. So some litter got into the into the carpet. It's going to be hard to clean. Um, so she sees this video of a guy basically putting two cats in a vacuum seal bag and killing them. So when I watched the preview and you hear the sound, I didn't know what it was. I assumed that it was a blender. So I was hesitant to watch this thinking, how much are they going to show? I was worried about that in general going into this, like Mm -hmm. how much of these cat videos are we going to see? Because spoiler, there's more than one cat video. Yes. That happens throughout the course of this documentary. Right. And what happens after she sees this cat video, she makes it her mission to find this guy and bring him to justice. Well, they start a group. They start a Facebook group dedicated to finding this guy. And she... In particular, and one other person, a guy named John Green, Mm -hmm. who lives in Los Angeles, who's here now but refuses to speak, (laughs) they kind of take the lead as the investigators in this group. I did reach out to Body Moving via (laughs) Facebook. Um, She did not read or reply to my Facebook message, but in my defense, it doesn't look like she's been active since 2015. That could explain it. And then I looked up John Green, and you can imagine- How many did you find? There's a lot. And so I try to look at, like, I I remember what his profile picture was, and it was a futile mission, so- He's probably protecting his- I don't think John Green is even that guy's real name. I agree. I don't think it is either. The interesting thing about the lady, so she lives in Las Vegas and she is, she has analysis for casinos and it looked like she worked at the Rio. And yeah, so I assume that that kind of that analytical mindset helped her because she's smart, John's smart. And then you've got people who just really like pets who are in this group (laughs) uh, for vigilante justice. And, and that I feel like is the right word for it. Right. It is vigilante justice. Well, we kind of talked earlier because I was like, God, like this, it is such an infuriating video to see. You see this, this kid who looks maybe late teens, early twenties. Right. Uh, p- kind of playing with these kittens and then all of a sudden put them in a bag and vacuum seal it. And then they show. When Which they- we should mention, you don't actually see, you don't see any animals die Correct. in this documentary you see them watching like they showed her watching the video and that yeah and they'll describe the video well then they showed the kittens dead and him playing with them in the freezer yes gross i mean i would really rather gross. if i had and i did have i guess the option of seeing them after the incident or during the incident i'm glad it was after right because then it just looks like the cats you dissected 
in biology, biology class. class. Right. So, yes, all these people have a passion, which we were saying I would get mad about something, but my execution's about 30%. There's a lot of things I say I'm going to do and that I want to do, but then I'm like, I'd rather just lay in bed and watch TV. Right. And that's typically what happens. Yeah. And what happens with this group is they really commit. It was very, it was smart. It was, uh, again, there they're, was, they're brilliant. They're, they're right, brilliant investigators. Armchair detectives. And they should both probably be employed in that capacity in some regard. Mm-hmm. Because the, the things they think of to try and track this guy down are really smart. They both seem really smart. Like they, they noticed that in the video, he's smoking North American cigarettes. Uh, someone recognizes the voices in the background as Russian, but then they realize it's like a Russian TV show and that that's like a, a red herring sort of. They were looking at the outlets on the, the wall, outlets. the sides of the room. Right. The wolf blanket. The wolf blanket, which I bought sold. one for my dog you recently. bought it from the killer. Right, I bought it. He doesn't need it now. Yeah, yeah. So someone died Spoiler on it. Spoiler alert, he's in prison. Yeah, that means I saved 50%. Right. I can't afford not to buy that murder blanket mm-hmm. for my dog. And uh, one of the most interesting things they f- see in the video is this yellow vacuum cleaner, which that's not interesting, but it is interesting that body moving has the idea to go, all right, I'm going to go out to a vacuum cleaner message board and post a picture and see if anyone can identify it. And she does it with the, I can't say why I really need help with this, but I just, I think bought a vacuum and I need, I I can't remember what her message was. I think something to the effect of like, it's not working or something. Yeah, I don't think a model is this. I want to get. Yeah, I think she somebody. she just said she couldn't explain why she needs to know or something. I mean, these notes were so robust. I don't know why it's not in here. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that like we want to leave something to the imagination for the people who still want to watch this documentary. Fair, but they, you know, they or tr- buy this vacuum or buy the vacuum. Yeah, right. only sold in North America. It turns out right. So they're they're able to pinpoint this guy's location at least to North America, which is uh pretty helpful like Mm -hmm. that rules out a lot of the rest of the country and they talked about the cigarettes too because different countries have different labels and these cigarettes in the video had a surgeon general's warning and the surgeon general is only north america Mm -hmm. so that's us and uh this group called rescue inc gets involved very angry over this cat video but it kind of made it go viral to the point where people are so impassioned and wanted to like find out who this guy was. Right. And eventually the, the, the trail leads to wait, you are glossing over your note. This guy is my new dad. Oh, the rescue ink guy seemed really cool. No, I agree. He was very upset about this cat being abused. So rescue ink is a bunch of, I believe like a motorcycle club. Yeah, gang. tattoo artists or something. Right, who rescue animals. So they got involved. And that brings a lot of attention to this case. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first moments where I was like, is this good? Like, does this case need that much attention? Because this is obviously, if you're posting videos of you killing cats online, you're looking for attention and not in the good way right well at one point 
when obviously this guy had found this chat room where people were trying to figure out where he was, he posted a picture of him holding cats with his face pixelated. Right. So, yeah, it's very narcissistic. And then she even said he's toying with us. He knows he's toying with us. Yeah. And it it comes up a lot throughout this document. Well, not a lot. I feel like they gloss over it a little bit. But the question there kind of becomes, is it really worth engaging in all of this over one dude who killed two cats? Like he's you're feeding something that isn't great. And that thing is his desire to do crazy things to get attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, does it escalate. Yes, it does. But before it escalates, well, I guess this is an escalation also. Mm-hmm. They start doing all of this uh, detective work. And at one point, another video of uh, someone posts a video of a cat being burned alive. So this cat was in a very small cage, couldn't get out, and you see somebody pour gasoline or an accelerant on this cat, and the cat's freaking out already. Cats don't like to get wet or doused or set on fire. Cats especially hate being set on fire. Right. And then I think it shows him lighting a match or something and then dropping it, which is awful. The person who posted this video, his username, Jamzy crams a lot. In his ass. That's who I was actually hoping that the note, this guy is my new dad, was about. <laughs> it, that's my old dad. The rescue ink guy replaced him. Good. So the, this somehow this group that's looking for the vacuum bag cat killer finds this video posted by this guy. And they decide the thing to do is just ask straight up, are you the one who killed the cats mm-hmm. in the bag? And he leaves a comment and says, yes, I kill kittens, LOL. And it uh, kind of spins out of control from there. Because his profile picture looked like the guy in the first video with a hoodie on, but the hoodie was replaced with a Santa hat. Right. That led them to a reverse image search. Where it turns out that picture is a guy named Timmy on a male porn site. So the Facebook group... They find this guy in Namibia. Which is in Africa. In Africa, who claims to be the cat killer. And so they're confused. So the group is confused because they were like, wait, we thought we were looking for somebody in North America. But the impression I got is that uh, Deanna Thompson and John Green, who were the ones actually doing legitimate investigative work, I guess you would call it. But they're the two people in this group who are actually uh, figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the group kind of gets wind of this guy who's in Africa. And those two are like, "Eh, Mm -hmm. maybe not. And they like post their skepticism. And then the rest of the group is like, show us your evidence that it's not them. And it's like, okay. But they end up coming back and like putting kind of like, John and uh, body movement, like in this position of power. So it's not like they stuck with that theory where I would think typically when people gang up on somebody on social media, like they're, they're done skis. Oh, they yeah. leave the group or they don't want to be a part of it. Or why am I putting effort into something where I get attacked? Like life's hard enough. Like really? yeah. and then I go on social media and get verbally jumped. Uh, so yes, it turns out wrong guy. Correct. This is not the person who killed the cats in the bag. 
He's just a mentally ill dude living in Africa, posting crazy shit on the internet. So they find, uh, so they find this guy, and they see who he's friends with, and that's how they find a picture of them with their paintball picture. Yeah, and someone tagged in that picture is named Jamsy. Right. So then it turns out Jamsy soon after. Oh yeah, yeah, he killed himself. <laughs> yeah, he killed himself. And that, was, but that was after they the group started going on his Facebook page saying we know who you are we're you're a bastard. So they we're talked about him you. being depressed for a while. Okay, so he did post the video, I believe, of the cat being set on fire. Right. And had the moniker and said, "Yes, I kill kittens." LOL. And they're like, "Well, he was depressed." And then when he died, it was like, "Oh, this guy, you know, was great." Like I, you know, I don't know. I, I still don't think I know this is I'm sure controversial, but I feel like sometimes when people die, everyone's like, oh, they were so great. No, not everybody's great. Most humans are awful to, to oh, a yeah. degree. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, most people aren't going to give you the shirt off their back. And don't you ever say that about me after I pass away? I oh, wouldn't. no, no, I wouldn't give anyone the shirt off my back. Like, I don't, I'm, right. I don't work out like, I'm uh, not, right, well, I mean, maybe if I have another shirt on under or over it. Right. Like a pullover over yeah. a t-shirt. Like I'll, I'll give you give the, them the t-shirt underneath the pullover because I'm obviously wearing a pullover because it's, cold. it's cold. Right. So yeah, I'll give you the t-shirt off Under, my back. Yeah. That has like, but I'm going to have to rem- remove the sweatshirt first and yeah. then I'm going to have to find a room to do that in mm-hmm. because modesty. Mm-hmm. And then, then you can have the shirt off my back. Yeah. There's just steps to it. Yeah. Yeah. Steps. Yeah. So uh, this group uh who knows maybe they uh coerced this guy into committing suicide maybe he was gonna we'll commit suicide yeah. anyway was this the last straw was he already gonna kill himself because he was depressed right if you're posting things like that you're looking for some sort of attention negative attention but it's still attention was that a cry for help i mean who knows yeah either way they they go hard on him on his Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually commits suicide. Uh, they had the wrong guy. They, they had the wrong guy. And uh, so they, they finally land on this guy named Luca Magnata. And the way Luca Magnata comes up is he basically calls the Toronto police, right? He goes into the Toronto sun newspaper. Oh yeah. 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 And says very dramatic. There, I'm a male model. Yes, I uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there was a reality show called Cover Guy, which they passed on me, but said I had potential. Sure, and a very deep voice. FYI, this rumor that's going around about me, I'm very distressed because it is making my career suffer. And the reporter's like, essentially, like who who are you? And then. The guy's like, well, you know, I do, I do modeling. Luca, Luca says this, and then he says, I am being linked to co Carla Homolka, who is huge in in Canada because she was married to Paul Bernardo, which were considered the Ken and Barbie killers. Uh, I think they killed three or four girls, and one of them was Carla's sister. Right, and Carla Homolka is especially hated in Canada mm-hmm. because throughout that whole trial. Her defense was Paul Bernardo was the killer and he like abused me and forced me to participate in this. And then eh, like she gets a really light sentence over it. She's already out of prison, uh, already was by the time this happened, which is 2010. And 
after her trial, this video comes out of the murder of her sister. And she's like enthusiastically participating in it. Christmas Eve, I think getting her drunk yeah. showed her molesting her sister while she was passed out. Right. Carla Homolka, I don't know if this is a fun fact, but she is, I believe, living in the Bahamas and married and has like three kids. Goes to PTA meetings. How sweet. Yeah, very. Do they not have the internet in the so Bahamas? So you had mentioned the fact that uh, Luca Magnata looks similar to he Paul does. Bernardo. He looked very much like Paul Bernardo. Mm-hmm. And when they mentioned that in the documentary, I was like, holy shit, is that where this is going? Like, Did Paul Bernardo get out of prison? No, no. I think he's, <laughs> I don't know if Canada has like the death penalty, but he's going to be in there for a while. Yeah. He'll be locked up for a while. But it's an interesting rumor, and I don't know that it was ever factually checked out, but this guy was so insistent, Luca, on, hey, this is ruining my career. I need to clear this up. And still the reporter's kind of like, I, I don't know what's going on, but I know uh, Homoka and Bernardo, so also write up, you know, write, write about it, but I don't know who you are. Right. And so... I don't remember, how do they, how does the group land on Luca Magnata as their suspect? Because there, there's something, there's an image that they end up looking at, and it has EXIF data that has GPS coordinates, and I can't remember what I honestly the don't remember image is. Either. But the group, after this uh, Luca Magnata thing happens... They're somehow tipped off to the idea that, hey, that looks like... Because at one point when he posted the pixelated image, they had like image experts who like... Unpixelated it. Unpixelated it. And it looked and they exactly were like, like Luca Magnata. Oh shit, it looks like this guy. I, did somebody recognize him from Coverboy? No, because he was never on the show. He was. They interviewed him on the show. Oh, He didn't okay. make the cut. He didn't Oh, win, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he was a part of the audition process. I think they recognized him from this. And then they use it, some image and or the, trace or, him to Toronto. Or did the Toronto Sun reporter think that that's like the guy who came into my office? Right. If you know. <laughs> if you've seen this documentary, let us know. Tweet at us at Pretty Scary Boo. We would love to know. Here's the thing. I get to watch this stuff like at the end of the day after I've worked and I'm very tired and I'm trying to take notes. I fell asleep halfway through episode two, had to rewatch it the next morning. It happens. It happens. It does. Yeah. And I watched mine like four days ago and my memory lasts about 24 to 32 hours. Right. So basically they land on the, the people looking for the person in this cat video, connect the dots and realize it's probably this Luca Magnata guy. Well, they knew whoever it was, was super into serial killers uh, because then he posts, I believe another video or two, but it's got the face of a girl that was killed in the Moore's killings. Right. Which was, I guess a couple in, I believe England. Yes. Who go around killing children. There's a Smith song about it. Yes. Yes. Great. (laughs) And uh, yeah, they, they connect all these dots. There's obviously, I mean, we don't want to give the whole documentary away, mostly because we don't remember it all. But they connect all these dots and land on Luca Magnata as their suspect. And they kind of start calling him out on this Facebook group and uh, saying, we know who you are. We're going to prove it. 
we're going to catch you. And then they get another video. I mean, they get a few more of it. Well, they, they get, get two. They get two more cat videos. But at the end of episode one of this documentary, things, uh, they take it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Because they get a actual snuff film. They get a video of him murdering someone. I think that's at the uh, end of episode two. No, that's 100% at the end of episode one. Somebody could let us know because I feel like I'm right. You can just at pretty scary boo. Uh, what's our bet? It's right there in the notes. John gets a snuff film at the end of episode one. And then episode two, they like go into, but that's the, the end of episode one is John getting this video and being like, holy shit, I knew it would come to this. And they don't really reveal what's in the video at the end of episode one. But then the beginning of episode two, we find out that Luca Magnata has kicked things up a notch and has yeah. m- murdered someone. So the two cat videos they get, the, the second and the third one, well, I guess technically the fourth one, uh, the third and the fourth one, uh, one is he's playing with a kitten because they talk about how he likes to love on his victims at the beginning. So he'll play around with a kitten and then you can kind of see something moving in the background among the pillows and it turns out to be a boa constrictor. Right. That's going to feed on the kitten. And it does. What was the second one? The second cat video. I don't, I, I feel like I didn't put it in the notes because I don't, I like cats. Like those, uh, rule zero. Don't yeah, fuck with cats. Rule zero. Don't fuck cats. with cats. The, uh, yeah, the videos were horrifying, but he sends two more cat videos and they, they whip this group into a frenzy. The second one. Oh my God. Yes. Or the third or the fourth or the whatever. He ties a kitten to like a broom handle. Oh yeah. Rounds it in his bathtub. Right crazy yeah he like binds it yeah in something and so she, it can't move and she, then just dips it she was like it's eyes like you could tell like we're so scared she goes those eyes like haunt my dreams right so he sends those two more videos and they they whip this group into a frenzy and now people are really they've they've by this point connected the dots and figured out at least in their mind that it's luca magnata so they likened it to the Twin Towers, those two videos. Yeah, very apt comparison. Yeah. Uh, three cats dying. Like, wait, two videos in one day? Are we egging him on? Right. And that sort of becomes a central question in this documentary, but I would argue it doesn't become enough of a question mm-hmm. because they sort of bring it up, but then they're just like, eh, let's carry on. Yeah, and, it's a lot of self-speculation. And... What happens next, as I've already spoiled, the next video they get after those two crazy cat videos is an actual murder. A a person tied to a bed being stabbed in the chest with an ice pick. And they're like, we knew it would come to this. And it's like, kind of because you're willing it to come to this. One lunatic, one ice pick. John Green gets sent this video at like five in the morning. The cell phone wakes him up and he says... Oh my gosh, I'm watching this video and I think somebody sent it to him and said, I think this is the guy that you're researching for the cat stuff. Right. And uh, it turns out that, yeah, it probably is. And this is the point in the documentary where it started to feel to me like, like, have you read about that police chase with the UPS van that happened recently? Mm Mm-mm where the UPS driver ended up getting shot. They fired like 200 shots at this UPS van and the driver had been taken hostage. And of course the driver died. If you shoot that many bullets at a van and not only did this shootout with the UPS van happen, but it happened on a freeway 
and the police were like hiding behind occupied vehicles to shoot at this UPS van that was full of criminals who were shooting back. But also Christmas packages. Exactly. You got to get those packages out. That's probably what they had in mind. You deliver on time, every time. And it like, at some point, it, it becomes a question of whether keeping that chase going is really... Is this my Panther Creek? Thank you. It becomes a question of whether keeping that chase going is really in the best interest of public safety. Because now you're driving through residential neighborhoods at high speeds. You might hit some kids. You never know. And what did this guy really do? He, like, stole some shit? Because that's the people in the UPS shooting had robbed a jewelry store. Yeah. Which I would argue is not enough of a crime to put public safety at risk to bring them to justice. And in this case, this guy obviously wanted attention. You don't post videos of you killing cats on the internet for any other reason. Right. Agreed. And he wanted this kind of attention. He wanted shock and he wanted outrage. And not only did he get that, but he gets this group of people who are saying, we're going to get you. You, We're going to find you. We're going to track you down. And now he's like, all right, uh, let's see if you get me. And in the meantime, now I'm going to start killing people. Right. And would any of that happened? Like, I think it still would have happened. (laughs) It's still what like you can't blame this group altogether. And I get that their heart was in the right place. But they mention at the beginning of this documentary rule zero of the Internet. Don't fuck with cats. I would argue rule zero of investigating a criminal. Don't let them know you're investigating them. And once this guy knew this group was this fucking hungry for details about who he was, he started fucking with them. In like, like almost in a movie killer, a movie killer sort of way where he would like put clues in the fucking room that were like misleading clues. Do you think that they were, though? Like, I, I felt like once they figured out who it was and they started looking at his, you know, Internet presence, you know, they were able to find him on the apartment. And then how many of those gas stations I see in the background are because at some point they realized he was in Canada how many are it? Okay, God, there's a lot of these, you know, Canadian petrol or whatever uh, gas stations in Canada. How can I figure out where he's at? And then, I mean, they really do a deep dive and literally find him. And then the other one that you were saying was where he was on steps. And so they looked at the don't walk sign. Oh, yeah. Like the the stuff they do to find him is brilliant. Right. Well, again, with the Google Maps. The Google Maps thing, he takes a. at one point they find this like stockpile of images of him and they're clicking through them and they find a picture that they don't recognize that they haven't seen before and he's in front of these steps Mm -hmm. and they again it's fucking brilliant one they figure out he's in montreal because of how the stoplights look Mm -hmm. all the stoplights in most of canada are in a yellow casing and in montreal they're black And then they also look at the foliage behind them to see, to figure out what season it is. Right. And then they literally just go on Google Earth and walk the streets of Montreal to find this staircase that he posed in front of. And they figure out that it's at this college. John would take a street and he's the one who found it or body moving would take a street. I really hope they end up fucking. I do too. Like they have to. They have to. And the amount of time they put into this is fucking insane. Like, whatever you're doing 
in life right now, if you think you can't accomplish your dreams because you have a day job, mm-hmm. watch this documentary. Like they both have day jobs and then they just come home and spend like nine hours a night trolling the streets of Montreal on Google Earth looking for the vacuum cat killer. I used to think about that as far as like, uh, do I go like jogging tonight? And then I remember watching Oscar Pistorius run with like no legs and run on blades in the Olympics. And I was like, God, I'm lazy. Yeah. And killed his girlfriend on blades. Well, is it fair? No, on stubs. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, how do you not kill her with the blades? You got (laughs) swords on your legs, dude. Fucking blade her. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, it was pretty sad. All right. So, yeah, they traced this guy to Montreal. But, and here's where it gets, uh, it, it gets questionable to me because these, this group doesn't actually solve anything. They don't solve it, although they have sent their information to the police and the police per the documentary and per their interviews, ignore them. Well, what we find out is they had one in their mind, one contact at the, I think Toronto police, they even say that they were sending it to. And the guy was on vacation. But the thing about this crime is it gets solved without them. It does get solved. I think their thing is like, would it have happened, but, or would it have gotten, yes, would it have gotten solved? It did get solved because there were there were cameras everywhere. There's cameras everywhere. He was very sloppy about the crime. He left a bunch of like he put the bloody blanket and all this shit in like they find uh, a janitor finds the body in a suitcase right outside Luca Magnata's apartment. And I think he said he sees like fluids or something and he goes, oh, I thought it was an animal that maybe died and somebody didn't know how to dispose of it. But I was curious. Right. So I haphazardly looked into it and then they see Luca. They say at least 20 times making all these different trips down to where the garbage cans are. But it also shows him walking in with the guy. Right. That he ends up murdering. Uh, And I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a point, I believe, when Luca's cleaning up and he's going down to the garbage cans. He ends up wearing the guy's shirt who he killed. Yeah. He on the the police mentioned that when he leaves. Yeah. He's wearing the guy's shirt. So this is a pretty open and shut case. Like, they figure out who did this pretty quick. Mm-hmm. He left a bunch of shit in the garbage that traced it back to him. And uh, in the meantime, he also sends two packages to uh, Canada's conservative party. And they got feet in them. Mm-hmm. Because this body, when they find it, has no feet and no hands. And no head. And no head. He sends the feet to Canada's conservative party and then sends the hands to Canada's liberal party. And all the while, this group is sending information to the police and not hearing anything. And body moving goes off on Twitter Mm -hmm. on the police department. And still nothing happens. Uh, One of the things this this becomes uh, important later one of the things they find at in the uh, package that he sends to the conservative party is a note that says roses are red, violets are blue, police will need dental records to identify you, bitch. Way to, like, way to blow the rhyme. Yeah. Like, I mean, would Jay-Z do that? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. And uh, this is the, the, the first point where 
body moving questions if maybe she had egged this guy on a little too much. At one point, though, she gets a video of her oh, or vi- of her work. Yes, there's a video of her job that gets sent to her. Right. So clearly this guy knows where she works. And then she gets nervous and is like, I've got to tell my bosses I'm so nervous because I now have to explain what I'm doing in my off time to all these professionals. But it's also the Rio, you know? Yeah. Like they've to win. They've seen crazier. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And uh, this is the point in the documentary where we meet Luca's mom, Anna Yorkin, which pretty on the nose name, Yorkin, get it? Mm. She's related to that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she talks about the, the police coming to question her. And she wonders if it's about the cat videos. So great mom already knows about the cat videos, uh, still supporting her son. Well, we'll get into why. Yeah, she does. Yeah, uh, because she's delusional. She she is definitely that. There's a scene where the lead investigator on this case, who to me is maybe the only genuinely good person in this documentary. The lady. Yeah. Because the way she breaks down crying, yeah, describing that video, like she wasn't these people on the internet going, oh, this is crazy. Let's investigate. This is fun. We're sleuths. Yeah. Like she gets the gravity of this and uh, it really impacts her to see the things that happen in this video happen, which are horrific. Well, she talks about the evidence being a wine bottle. And only one. And honestly, that's not like, I think, a lot where you'd pass out and be incapacitated where you could be tied to a but bed. He, but he drugged him. I, well, exactly. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. So they realized there had to be more to it. And then I think they found residue in the wine, in bottle, the wine bottle. That was yeah. something that would make you sleepy. So literally, this guy is just laying there tied to this bed frame, limp. But then the rage that Luca with the ice pick starts stabbing him is crazy. And then the the part where she breaks down, she mentioned, because she's the one who also, when they find the suitcase, she's the one that notices the garbage bags that all seem like they're leaking some liquid also. Mm -hmm. And they go through the garbage bags and she finds a dead puppy. Mm -hmm. And in this video, the part where she breaks down is she's talking about Luca playing with the victim's head in Mm -hmm. a bathtub. And then she goes, and then he brings a puppy in. And that's when she fucking loses it. It's gory she says enough. Something, she says something like, that shouldn't happen to anyone. And then starts sobbing, which was pretty fucking intense. I mean, it's one thing to hear about this and imagine it and be disgusted. But to see it, that is something that I don't think you would ever get out of your mind. That visual. Right. I can only imagine the dreams that homicide detectives have or the nightmares where they haunt them. And if they aren't a drinker. You know, like there's got to be an outlet. Like that's a hard job. Yeah. And so the group swings back into action after this and they do more, some more pretty interesting investigative stuff. Uh, Body moving figures out. Well, she woke up to at one point, a bunch of text messages. Right. About voicemails. And then she was back about this murder video. So they start investigating the video and John Green at one point is like, I must have watched this video a thousand times. And it's like, that doesn't sound healthy, dude. <laughs> it does not. I feel like 500 would have had to have at least had to have done the trick. 
maybe twice. 250 like twice yeah maybe yeah maybe five like you get the initial message the first time then it's like well let me just double check or maybe you watch it once make note of the things you you want to look at take more it's the first time and then you don't have to watch screenshot it screenshot those and then right. like isolate those parts and make right. those just jpegs that you can just look at mm-hmm. you certainly don't need to watch a snuff film a thousand times but he did mm-hmm. and uh the group watched it a bunch also uh and body moving starts investigating craigslist because again really smart she's like he had to get that puppy from somewhere well i think like you don't just grow a puppy she found out that he he bought the wolf blanket i believe off of craigslist well the wolf blanket was in the first cat video and yeah correct no i think it was ebay she tracked down it was ebay wolf blanket uh but on craigslist she eventually finds his post looking for a puppy because he would often in his posts say things like my family used to own a pet store mm-hmm. and then he would say a word space comma space and then the next word and then she also said that he would spell probably without the b I almost said the second the b extra a b um, probably he would spell it yeah so one b right probably instead of probably right and yeah she manages to uh but again, my question, even at that point, was, okay, you found his post looking for a puppy. You found the post where he probably lured the victim. But to what end? Like, it didn't impact. Like, they had surveillance video of the apartment building and him coming in and out with the victim. Like, yeah, it's impressive investigative work, but also kind of unnecessary investigative work agreed and then when i think when they initially went into his apartment they're like oh it looks fine this is before they um sprayed luminol but they were like yeah it was pretty just like bare basic and he had like a bottle of lemon juice on the kitchen table but then cryptic writings in his closet oh yeah the if you don't like the reflection don't look in the mirror I don't care. And they couldn't figure out what he was talking about. And it's finally suggested in the documentary that he was probably referring to that internet mob that was researching him and trying to track him down because they're clearly getting something out of this. Well, he, at one point, again, I don't understand how he can afford the jet setter life. Considering I don't know what his job is. He says he models, but I modeled in college for like 40 bucks in a nightgown. You know what right. I mean? Like, I don't get how he's always... Anyway, so he had a hotel and a reporter finds him and was like, hey, could we talk to you? And he was like, you know, I'm getting death threats about these cat videos. It wasn't me. Like, this is awful. And essentially says he doesn't do it. Right. That's it. And so the police officially name him as a suspect. And... uh but then he disappears. And where do you think he disappears to? Paris. Why do you think that? Because of the Casablanca poster. Mm-hmm. In his, That's that, a deep dive. That was some legitimately good detective work. I agree. And I think it was the internet group that figured that out. Yeah, it was. Uh, they basically like watched because he had this Casablanca poster hanging in the room where he murdered this guy. And the detective finds it in the garbage and doesn't think anything of it. 
Right. And then they finally realize, oh shit, maybe he uh, went to Paris. And that's that seems far-fetched, but that's what kind of killer this guy was. And that's the whole thing. If he didn't have this group to engage with, would he have done this? Like he yes. would have... 100% he, yes. He would have murdered someone, but... If it wasn't this know. Facebook group, it would have been another. Well, you know see, what I mean? But like the, he's, it's still the same question. Like, is the pro, like, he's the problem, but those Facebook groups are also kind of a problem. You know, it's interesting. When we talked about the Ralphie Mae documentary, I was like, you know, an addict tends to want to hide it because they protect their addiction and they don't want to be found out. But there's something different with a serial killer. Yeah. I think. Maybe not, and they might not all be narcissists, but I think they allude to, you know, Ted Bundy and, you know, kind of like the flashy, uh, you know, flashy serial killer who kind of like puts himself out there very much like a cat and mouse game. Right. So maybe it's not a total coincidence that he was killing cats. Yeah. And this, this guy was, he was obsessed with the idea of being able to disappear. Mm-hmm. He had, they find a blog post from him at one point where he writes an article about how to disappear. And he liked the movie Catch Me If You Can. It was one of the things that he liked. Right. Mm-hmm. And he does manage to disappear. Like they know he's going to Paris. The police monitor the airport and see him leave. They, I believe, uh, see him land in Paris and he books this hotel and they're like all right we're gonna get him at the hotel and then he just never goes to the hotel he he goes to the hotel he doesn't spend the night in the hotel he walks in and then he literally walks back out a little bit later he never spends the night in the hotel right he also has a bunch of monikers uh kirk something he's got different names oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. aliases that he will hide under and so he's just like running all around paris and they can't fucking find him and this is the point in the documentary where the mom becomes annoying, really annoying. Yeah. Because she talks about how he was bullied as a kid. And it's like so many people were bullied and don't grow up to murder motherfuckers. Is this about the cats was the least annoying thing she said. Right. When the police first showed up and she said, is this about the cat video? She just from there. Yeah. Weak. She, she did. I mean, I don't know. She's there. This is the point where I feel like a mother's love or a parent's love. And you see this so many times and maybe this feeds in, you know, is being a psychopath or being a sociopath. Is that genetic? Probably. But the, or is it, you know, a predisposition as far as like I was abused. I was sexually molested. My parents didn't love me enough. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know. It seemed like those two were very close and she like pulled out like slippers yeah. That he gave her and it was like, these are like pillows on my feet. And I mean, it's sad, but I also think my mom would probably be the first person to turn me in if I did anything wrong. Maybe I'm just jealous that I don't have a parent that's more my, right or die. I mean, my mom probably would too, depending on the crime. Like my mom wouldn't cover for me if I'm like blatantly murdered someone. But she says, okay, maybe he did abuse cats. Maybe he did abuse somebody. Maybe he did kill, but it's because of Manny Lopez, and he essentially was an indentured servant to this guy. Yeah, she uh, and the documentary very briefly make a pretty convincing case that maybe he was under the spell of a guy named Manny Lopez who made money selling torture and snuff films on the dark web. Mm-hmm. 
and who had met Luca Magnata at one point and was basically abusing him and controlling him. And even Luca's lawyer, who at one point mentions, like when they first introduce him, uh, mentions that people have said he looks like Michael Douglas. And that one of the first things Luca said was, has anyone ever told you you look like Michael Douglas? So this lawyer at first in the documentary is kind of making the case for why it could have been this Manny Lopez as this puppet master pulling the strings. Because he had legit police reports. Right. Where he would talk about this guy and the mom even knew he was escorting. Right. And said, yeah, I know he's like bisexual, I believe. Um, Which is a great way to land in the hands of a fucking sex predator. Or someone who would produce snuff films and sell them on the dark web. So it all seems sort of believable. It does, but this is very Gone Girl, but with Luca Magnata. Right. As the main character. And what they finally realize he's doing is he's kind of reenacting. The movie Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct, which that blew my mind. It was interesting when they showed at the end the, oh, this is very similar to Basic Instinct. He had the lawyer that looked like Michael Douglas. It was very Sharon Stone where he killed somebody with an ice pick. Right. It showed him. Can I have a cigarette? Being very evasive, taking a cigarette, crossing, crossing his, legs, his legs. Like Sharon Stone. It was a very interesting almost end until it got to the end that infuriated you. The end infuriated me. Because they get to this point where they realize, okay, this guy's just a literal crazy person who's been acting out his basic instinct. Like he had ba- a basic instinct keychain. Mm-hmm. Like he he didn't just like he loved the movie, movies, but he es- that's what his mom said. Especially loved basic instinct, and he was toying with this group and living out his basic instinct fantasies at the same time. And we get past that, and I'm like, cool conclusion, and then. Body moving comes back on and brings up the point again about, oh, yeah, maybe I started to, I I thought maybe I was complicit in this. But then, and I'm like, good, let's, yes, let's explore this. By the way, real quick, uh, Manny Lopez was a character in Basic Instinct. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. He was Sharon Stone's abusive boyfriend in Basic Instinct. and But I think his name was Manny Alvarez. In, Either way. In Basic Instinct. But so we get through all that and we've kind of wrapped everything up. And now Body Moving brings up this idea again that, hey, maybe we were sort of complicit in this. And I'm like, yes, this is what I'm here for. And instead of that turning into a, a discussion, she pulls a fucking gem from the office. Breaks the fourth wall. Looks right at the camera and goes, or you, what about you? Are you complicit in this? After all, you're watching a documentary about Luca Magnata, and then it ends. And it's like, motherfucker, I'm not done talking about whether you're complicit in this. And also, that was clearly a decision on the part of the filmmaker, the filmmaker who is making a documentary about Luca Magnata. So don't fucking call me out. But maybe they were doing it to be like edgy and like a great ending. No, they was so, they were. How else were but they going to end it? Like I get that they you could have ended it being like, holy shit, this was all a basic instinct thing, crazy, right? And then she could have taken another dump in her kitty litter, right? Because yeah. I do feel like this group was a little complicit in egging this guy on, 
And they just sort of. He would have done it anyway, I believe. Well, he was a crazy person. He loved the fact that they were paying attention. Did it escalate things quicker? Like if a fucking, if you're at a restaurant and someone bursts in the door shouting racial slurs, you don't go, there's a black person over there to see what happens next. Like if there's a fucking guy posting cat killings on the internet, you don't fucking encourage that. Well, like they weren't you encouraging it. him to to kill. They again, they were a vigilante group. Were kind of like uh, the whatever Inc. Rescue Inc. Right. I mean, but at some point, you have to realize that what you're doing is making him escalate. Like he's he posted the one video, and now you start this Facebook group to track him down, and now he starts fucking taunting you with increasingly more horrifying videos to the point where you're like, Hey, we're trying to tell the police he's going to kill someone. It's like, he doesn't have an audience to play to without this Facebook group. I think what we, and I don't think we ever mentioned the victim's name, June Lin, June Lin. Yes. And I think it is very important because that is one of the last scenes of the documentary where the friend is like, and I think the friend reported him missing or knew like recognized something the friend fucking identified him by watching the video yeah he heard that this video was floating around of someone in montreal being murdered and that it was an asian dude and friend was missing his friend was missing and he was like let me watch the video and yeah and knew he was gay and could possibly that same scene where he was playing with the guy's head in the bathtub that's when he was like oh yeah that's my friend and he which that's horrifying about and it is horrifying and i think it's something that gets talked about a little bit more now is we talk so much about the killer what about the victim right him was june lynn and like he had a life and people who loved him and a family like i understand when the friend was like, I want to make sure that my friend is remembered. Like he was like right. a guy, like who doesn't want to, you know, and I like, who doesn't want to like hook up every once in a while. Like you don't think you're going to get drugged and murdered. Yeah. And it, I just, I don't, I, I just really hated that the document, because that's a thing I mentioned it on an episode. Uh, me and Caitlin did an episode about the most shocking crimes of the 2010s. And I mentioned on that episode that, like, I sometimes doing a true crime podcast feel weird about it. Like, Mm -hmm. am I just, like, capitalizing on misery for entertainment? And this documentary, to me, isn't about Luca Magnata. Because his crime, if you take this internet group out of what happened, he committed a pretty standard murder that was solved very quickly. Like, he put up a defense and was like, oh, Manny Lopez. But they saw through that really quick, and he fucking went to prison. Like, it was a sloppy crime. He left the fucking body in the courtyard of his apartment building. He fucking left a bunch of evidence in the trash. They had all this video evidence. It is barely interesting enough for an investigation discovery episode. But because of this internet group, it's documentary worthy. So to me, I was watching a documentary about them, not about his crime. And for them to end this documentary pretending like, oh, you're just here to hear the grisly details of a murder. No, I'm fucking not. I'm here for a documentary about vigilante justice on the internet. And I want to know how much you really think their actions played a part in this murder. Because the murder would have been solved without them. 
would that particular murder at that time have happened without them? I don't know, and we will never know. Um, the only thing we can do is murder someone <laughs> and see how long it takes for it to be solved. I don't want to go to prison. We won't. I would be traded for cigarettes so quickly. <laughs> so, Like as soon as the door is Cigarettes are cool. Me, I know. I used to have uh, a stupid joke, but I was like, oh my God, like it's going down on a girl. Is it like something you get used to, like wheat pasta? <laughs> you know, you just make yourself like it after a it while. It actually tastes a lot like wheat pasta, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. It's been so long. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Since you've had wheat pasta. <laughs> <laughs> or pussy. Uh, with that, R.I.P. June Lin. And, R.I.P. Uh, June Lin. They do, that is, I do like that part, yeah. that they they make it a point to mention the victim here. Although we never learn the names of those good puppies or kitties. I know. They had names. I bet there was a Sprinkles in there. Probably a Mr. Mustache. The dog might have been Max. I bet Bear. the dog was Max or like... Pup pup, real basic uh, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little pup pup. Yeah, for sure. Bear, you already said bear, didn't you? I did. Okay, bear. Mm-hmm. What about bear? That's a good name for a dog, don't you think? Or a cat. A cat named Bear. <laughs> Come on. Am I just being out of control? You are. Are we just drunk on this Panther Creek wine? I think so. Thank you again to Panther Creek. Send us more wine. And to Roxana, she's and sending to Roxana. some reds. She is. She's Send sending some, some reds, reds uh, which I'm going to give to you and Caitlin. Send them reds. Send them reds. I'm excited. And thank you so much. And thank you so much for uh, listening and being awesome. Yeah. And uh, watch this documentary. And Well, hopefully you have, because this will make no sense to you. Well, yeah. If you haven't but watched it before. Tweet at us and let us know what you think at Pretty Scary Boo. Also, follow us at Pretty Scary Boo, if you don't mind. And uh, let us know what you thought of this documentary. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Curious what people think. Because I did. Curious I, as a cat. Someone did tweet at us. After I think you tweeted something yeah. about the documentary. I said you should watch it. And someone tweeted at us and said they were watching it and they were very angry at the part where the mom was suggesting that maybe yes. this group egg this guy on. Yes. And I don't know if I agree with you, listener. Thanks for listening. But I do think this group egged this guy on. Oh, I I, I took it as his tweet was just saying like the mom is so angry. Like out of everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. The parts- mom's a nightmare. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I guess to be a parent, you know I don't. Yeah, I mean, I've always forgiven my son for all his murders. <laughs> Every single one. You know what? You've got a bigger heart He than me. sits me down. He explains it right. to me. This is why, Dad. Dad, I was broke. Yep. Needed I needed money until I get paid. I had to rob someone. They got right. crazy. They're, and I get it, son. Yeah, we make mistakes. Better you steal the money than get it from me. Right. Right? Right. Like, pull yourself like up got from your bootstraps. I mean, California is an expensive California state to live is in. very expensive. Yeah. Uh, nothing's free I here. When I drove up today, you were eating out of a garbage can. I was. I was. Yeah. It was sad, but it also very, very nourishing. Okay. I found a lot. Especially because, like, Christmas is here, and it's like, yeah, you're better than that. Well, am I? You're a tiny Tim. Yeah. So that's our episode. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Let us know what you think. This, I don't know when this is going up. Sometime in January. So Christmas is over. Christmas is over. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Uh, do we have anything to plug? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be nice if they followed us on Pretty Scary Boo. 
And uh, if they could leave a nice comment and five stars on uh, the podcast. That would be nice. It would be favorable. All right. Let's get out of here. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, my God.